0: and good morning everyone welcome to another episode of qc brief we're here with michael forian this as you already know is the segment where we bring you a little briefing of what's been going on in the campaign uh, last episode was on thursday
1: and uh, today's a brand new episode we're going to talk about a bunch of things that happened over the weekend michael how are you doing great it's uh, rainy here in gatineau uh, gonna be after this immediately jumping off to jump onto a train heading to toronto for the conference on canadian stewardship so going to be there speaking of environmental policy uh water conservation and a whole host of other things so heading there for some work and then coming back into town uh, later towards the end of the week so yeah going to be spending uh, some time in the queen city um on a very um important day to reflect i think you know the Queen's funeral that's occurring right now, which is wrapped up. Uh, I was watching it mm-hmm. uh, on BBC. Uh, so obviously, a very important day. I think a day that we're going to remember for a very long time. That we'll be, you know, telling our kids down the road, and and our their kids will tell, be telling their kids. Um, yeah. So in any case, it's. Uh, Day for reflection, but uh, at the same time, a day to reflect on on you know what she did uh, during her life and her service and her duty, and and of course somebody who was very dignified. So that's what I've been really reflecting on the past few days. So, right. but enough about that. Let's get into some politics.
0: <laughs> let's get into uh, let's get into the uh, yeah let's get into our uh, our politics over here. We left last episode on Thursday talking about the debate that happened on Thursday uh we're saying how uh important this debate was going to be i was saying that this is going to be a great debate because i was impressed by the the the, all five leaders eloquence and their communication skills uh and i i want to hear i want to hear about what you thought i just thought it was horrible um not in terms of the content but i think the format probably wasn't the right one and i remember loving this format when they did it in the federal elections i thought it was great um it gave a lot more opportunity to each leader to express themselves on a head-to-head kind of format rather than to to have all this noise coming out but with five leaders jesus hard. it was so
1: difficult it was it was painful at at, at some points right they, they brought in this fast fast uh debate style back in the 20 20- 14, 13 election uh, during the when Pauline was still around, Lagu was still around. That's uh, right. the, You know they had a Cuyard. Well, 2012, I, yeah, 2012 rather. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and this is when I, you know, I was I was reporting on these debates. I remember working for CJD and, and having to to go live to the TV, TVS studios and. And and do live broadcasts from there. And I always found th- this format relatively confusing, maybe less so when you had less people participating in them. And so it was easier to get your point across. But I felt that these one-on-one exchanges with you know now five leaders, it, it's a little bit difficult to be able to, to see like who's a clear winner. Um, and and again, it doesn't really bring the excitement that you're looking for, it doesn't bring the exchanges that you want necessarily or that we're used to. And of course, what are we using as a barometer? What are we comparing it to Well, other federal election debates? But at the same time, because we're so influenced by the United States, looking at the American elections, looking at the presidential elections, where everything is so perfectly executed yeah, and there are yeah. such great attacks and whatnot. But I think, quite frankly, like I think everybody came out unscathed. I don't think anybody came out with with a uh, having hit a major blow or or, or landed a major blow um, or, or anybody was reeling from from the actual uh, debate itself. I think it's it's more a question of you know who. Who looked good? Maybe during the press conference, for example, the scrums that took that that occurred there. That's when we started to get into more about why did you say certain things or why did you spend certain amount of time on people. And you know, one of the reporters asked Lego, you know, why he spent so much time attacking Gabriel Oduwa and and if he's the main threat now. And Legault didn't really answer the, answer the question directly, but he, you know, he, he spoke about, um, you know, having to, re, you know, talking about his regretful statements on immigration and then sort of weaving into greenhouse gas and emissions and having to cut on there. And again, really dodging a lot of it and didn't really come out strong on that front there. But, you know, Neto was asked the same thing too and asked, you know, is Legault now your main adversary? And, you know, the QS leader, he said his party is the only viable alternative to the CAC. And, and that is... The headline that we saw over the course of the past few days since the the, the post debate, um, again, not as memorable for Dominique Anglade. I think that she looked fine. I don't think she was really, I, I was more worried in the sense of her being attacked uh, again for a lot of the faux pas that have occurred over the course of the past few weeks uh, regarding the PLQ, them not being able to actually get enough candidates uh you know problems with their <laughs> with their financial framework for their, their for costing the electoral platform um and zuam of course the perennial target uh, of so many attacks because he's got so much to attack on um be it his you know uh, conspiracy theorist ca- candidates um you know rallies uh, that are going on obviously there's you know these large rallies that are happening in and around yeah. the Quebec City region that are scaring off a lot of his his opposition opponents it's a race Put taking lego aside it really is a race for who is going to form official opposition at this point and who is going to be the strongest contender and the strongest adversary against François Legault in the National Assembly.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit later about the strategy that Quebec Solidaire is using since the debate, which I think is a very intelligent one. But um, on the debate, I felt... Uh, that Gabriel nadeau really stuck out. He um, he was impressive and we knew it, right? I mean, like, And like I said, everyone is an excellent communicator. It was just a matter of controlling their composure and their message, being calm, you know, showing that they are, uh, you, you know, uh, the premier ministre, right? Like they, they have what it takes to be premier. Um, I think they all did pretty well. Uh, but Gabriel Nadeau Dubois really, really stuck out for me. He he was impressive. And I mean, we've known him. And for the people that follow a little bit uh, more closely, like behind the scenes and, you know, they, they don't look just at the question period where you get very limited time. Uh, they've been seeing this kid growing into his uh, into his political shoes. And for sure, the kid has a very bright career ahead of him. I'm not so sure how far he's going to get. I don't I don't ever see the Quebec Solidaire Party ever making government, but he was definitely impressive. One thing I noticed, though, uh, the goal was he seemed off. You know, first of all, he came in with glasses and that's not a look that everyone is really familiar with. Um, he looked a little bit lost. His body language was just he looked miserable. He always looked down his facial expressions. Uh, he, he And, you know, everyone, everyone kind of washes debate expecting him to get all the hits because that's what happens. I mean, you're the, you're the incumbent and all the attacks are going to be directed towards you. Um, he didn't look good. Uh, and I'm sure that his team probably felt the same uh, for me. He was the big loser in the debate. He could have done better. Um, but but I agree with you that on, you know, the big issues, he kind of defended himself. There were some big hits, though. I remember the, the exchange between ZM and Gabriel Nado dubois or Gabriel Nadol-Dubois pretty much told him, your policies just make absolutely no sense. You should run for governor of Texas. You're yeah. going to have a lot of fun there. And the guy just comes right back with an uppercut, and he's like, hey, stop insulting me. It's not like I came out here saying that you should go to run in Cuba.
1: Yeah. I love um, that one. It's for sure, and again, just on on you know on glad and and Legault, I I think that there was a few things that were memorable from those exchanges too. Um, you know, Legault said uh, you know her party, sorry, Legault said that that Anglad's party had lost uh, the monopoly over right. you know Federalism. being opposed to sovereignty, and and that explains its lacklustre standing with Quebecers. And again, that is Legault really placing himself uh, as you know i'm a federalist option i yes i i you know my history yes i carry some baggage but you can trust me and i'm willing to say it on a, on a debate here on tivia that i am I'm, I'm not going to go down that route of sovereignty and that they know that the liberals no longer have that monopoly at all and, and going as far to say the liberal party you know doesn't really have a reason to exist anymore mm. and 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 that is something that i i found that you know was, was a really targeted messaging from the CAC from Lego. I I I think it will work. And again, you know, I did like that exchange there. I thought it looked a little bit, you know, like they I think there was a good tie between between G D and, and um and uh But you know, they you know honing in on 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 those 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 attacks, you know, um you know Lego Saying, you know, particularly going against particularly against the QS plan to take the ultra-rich, uh, the these types of wealth taxes that we've spoken about before, uh, slapping these new tariffs on, on gas-burning SUVs. Um, yeah. you know, again, really getting into to some of those, those really off-color uh you know policies that QS has had in their platform and that they've been getting a lot of attacks for. Uh, so it, it's interesting in in that sense there. But uh, in any case, uh, yeah, he was good. maybe, maybe we' we'll, maybe we will see him go running Cuba. Anything's possible at this point George. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, those were interesting exchanges. The other two that I found
0: that were really um, cal- well calculated, um every time and, and this for people listening or watching, this has been planned ahead of time. Every time there was an exchange between Anglade and Gabriel Nadeau Dubois, he made it a point to highlight how horrible this party was in opposition that it did not represent that role and that uh quebec solidaire was the actual opposition in yeah. the house he always nailed that point that's what he wants he wants people to understand that if 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 quebec solidaire isn't um, if there's not enough for Quebec so there to make government, at least they're going to be the most efficient opposition. In fact, that's something that they've been nailing ever since that last campaign ended, since day one uh in 2018 right after the campaign quebec solidaire came out and said we will be the uh the official opposition in the house they kept and nailing it. it they kept nailing it they kept nailing it. it's a message that they want people to understand and to, for it to get through to people's heads and in the ca- in and during the debate we saw that every time there was that between the uh, an exchange between quebec Solidaire well dominique anglade and gabriel Lando Dubois, he kept you know r- Pounding that message through And I think it's starting to get through And it's going to lead us into the, our next topic But before right. I get to that Something that kind of surprised me Was how well um, François Legault stood up to Eric Duhem Especially on the whole pandemic issue I thought that Eric Duhem was going to come out Swinging with that And I thought he was going to wipe the floor with uh, with uh, With the Premier And it had the complete opposite effect That's probably the only time where um or one of the few times in the debate where uh, Legault Lego showed that he's a leader like this right. is what we did because we had to we had to save lives and uh, and shame on you for going against these things and he he it, it had the complete opposite effect that everyone was hoping for
1: right and and I I like I'll give zu some credit when it came to attacking on Glad over Bill 96 um and but I but at the same time, I, I felt that there, there was, there was a way for him to maneuver himself on there. What I didn't understand was him speaking English yeah. for a, a, a pretty decent amount of time during a French language debate. And I get it; there was no English debate, but to say like in English, you betrayed English Quebecers on that bill, buddy. Read the room. At least look into the camera and recognize that's not your audience you're speaking to right now. Yeah, that and was, again, yeah. I don't understand this 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 fascination that Zoim has this unrealistic and, and ill-advised fascination that Zoim has with targeting the English-speaking community because again the only seats he's going to be picking up are in the Bose, South of Quebec City or in the Quebec City region, maybe a little bit of chance north of Quebec City. That mm-hmm. two hundred kilometer uh, corridor north and south of the Quebec City region. Why is he trying to target Anglophones? What? What? It's it's a very interesting. And I think again, there there, there might be some people on his campaign that are um, Anglo friendly that are anglophones themselves that are saying you have an opening, you have an opening right here. But they just, if you look at the raw data, if you look at the polling numbers, it's just not feasible in terms of being able to use that to your advantage. Yeah. I don't see it working out. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't think he's going to win seats either in the greater Montreal area where, where no. the anglophone population lives, but he's trying to make gains. He's trying to get a little bit more vote. It's probably going, I don't think he's going to win seats again, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the conservative vote, for example, in the region of Laval, uh, um, gets a little higher. Montreal, I'm not so sure to be honest with you, but that was a, that was a pretty interesting one. At first, I thought, oh, nice look. Uh, you know, there the won't be an English debate, but if the English media would want to grab a clip, well, there they have it. You know, it's it's the only one. But at the same time, I thought the Anglophones that are watching the debate understand French and they don't need him to right. translate it. And the ones that don't understand French, well, they're just not watching the debate.
1: Yeah it's in again just just read the room and and George we, we haven't spoken of course about the one forgettable uh lackluster um you know the the, the one candidate that comes off as a, a low grade bank clerk paul saint pierre Tamandon, the leader of the parti québécois <laughs> this guy has to be the worst leader i have ever seen in a in any debate in any political debate somebody who you literally forget that he's in the room that's the impression you get from him look and uh, uh, yeah he, I, I
0: don't know like, I'm split on that man I, I mean I I get what you're saying but at the same time he looked well prepared he knew his stuff he was calm he didn't but he just too he academic
1: beat. he's too, yeah. he didn't land any punches yeah
0: and and what what, what was up with that exchange with Gabriel nadeau Dubois on
1: the n-word how how weird was that the, and and the thing is this is resonating I think really uh, quite a bit outside of Quebec and and with with a lot of political um you know staffers that and, and and people that work in different political parties outside of Quebec that I've been speaking to, they've said like they, they've come to me and asked, like, is it truly used the N-word during the debate? And then I understand, you know, the the context of the of the book itself, uh, white n words of America, and 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 understanding, you know, why that it, it was it was brought up and and the whole debate over um you know the place of uh, freedom of expression inside of universities and and where, that, where that's leading to and this is a debate that's of course occurring outside of Quebec as well too yeah. um but but what a what a what a Quebec only uh, type so we'll, we'll talk about something that's unique only to Quebec. In terms of the things that you would expect during a debate. Yeah, it's an unsettling too. Rather unsettling. To, it,
0: it also has to do about the actual book and the author and yeah. how it feeds into that Quebec separatist pride, right? I mean, when you look at the people that have been behind this movement, I mean, I'm I'm there's a lot of them, but there's a few significant ones. He's one of them. Uh and I think he was just playing into that I'm the real sovereign. Uh, Option over here and I need to go Get that uh, vote back But it was such a weird place To bring it up in a debate It reminded me of the uh, uh, of the um, of the com in the, in the in the in the 2018 debate when Jean-Francois Liszt started attacking uh, Manon uh, Massé about who the actual leader of Quebec Solidaire is. Remember that that whole yeah. exchange, like who's your leader and how come we don't see him? A- and yeah. the constitution is strange. You have a director general or a secretary general. This, he's this the actual leader. guy. And who is it? And he brings that up. I remember back in the day when they were talking about health, and it's like, dude, that came out of left field. Like, where are you going with it? it had the same effect for me
1: this whole thing and I I just don't understand where they were going with it. Keep in mind like this is the same book that was quoted, the title of it that was quoted by Wendy Mesley, the former CBC host. She was fired over saying that in an internal meeting um, amongst like CBC producers and executives and they were talking about stories and whatnot. She actually quoted, she said it out front during a meeting and was suspended and later fired for it. So in any case, my point being is that a very Quebec specific, a Quebec only type of story.
0: Let's move on to the next topic. We spoke about it now a little bit. Uh, Gabriel Nadeau trying to um, establish himself as the real alternative. He came out uh, yesterday or before yesterday um, saying that in reality, this is just a two-way race, this election. There's CAC and Quebec Solidaire. And it's completely undermining the other parties. Um, I find it completely uh, undemocratic. Uh, and I I get his message. I'm just wondering, Are you, is it really necessary? Are electors that dumb? Um, do you need that right now? And first of all, is it even true?
1: Right. And and I think there, there's, a, there's a big question mark on on that truth uh, matter right there. Uh, you know, let's set the table first for listeners. The, the liberals, Quebec City, and, and the conservatives are, are statistically tied yeah. for a second uh, place in, in, in voting intentions. The PQ are, are fighting to catch up with them right now. So despite everything... GND and Legault—they're trying to claim that the, the real the real races between them, and and it, it seems a little bit you know bizarre. I mean, the, the Quebec else shouldn't let the the this compliment go to their head of Legault focusing uh, his attention on them. If 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 K'akists make him the main target of their criticism, it's because they see him as an easy opponent to defeat, and I think it's it's a useful ideological foil too. You know, Legault's strategy is to pretend that the truth lies between QS and the Conservatives, we're the centre, we're the centrist, the moderates that you can trust and hey we already have the keys to Quebec on our hands so you know we're a steady hand and we made it through the pandemic and I think that we, we've been going again we're getting further and further away I mean it's, it's almost irrelevant at this point to talk about sovereignty or independence because we're no longer looking at things through the lens of are you a Federalist party, are you a sovereignist party? We're yeah. looking at, are you are you a leftist party or are you a right-wing party? Or are you somewhere in the middle? And that is where voters are going. That's where people, because they want to talk about the meat and potato subjects like, hey, affordability, housing, uh, where's the economy going, job creation, uh, healthcare, education. These are the meat and potato subjects they want to talk about. And, and now it's really, and I think it's better for Quebec society that we're talking about this now, because we actually do, spend less time talking about a, f- a fictitious nation uh, and more time talking about uh, what really matters to people's pocketbooks.
0: In terms of the strategy, I'll, I'll just compare a little bit with the results of 2018 and Legault's strategy now giving attention to, the, to, to Quebec's oil there. And I don't disagree with you. I think the fact that he is focusing on Quebec's oil there is indeed because they are an easy target and because they're so ideologically Diametrically yeah. opposed. That he's pretty much splitting people into exactly what you said. Are you leftist or are you more of a centrist? Uh, and this is where you need to be camped. But to compare to 2018, there was a lot of focus putting uh, put on Quebec Solidaire, which which had the following result: the vote of the PQ. Shifted towards Quebec Solidaire, and it helped LeGo get a lot of the regions. It completely disappeared the PQ vote, and I and I and I believe firmly that it's because there was this rise in popularity of Quebec Solidaire. It happened in Montreal, uh, uh, and in the regions because uh, there was that three-way split somehow. Not really three-way, but when Quebec Solidaire comes up, and takes away the PQ vote. Uh, and doesn't allow for the liberals any room to kind of mm-hmm. move up. It, 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 he, he destroyed the regions for that. He wants to make gains in Montreal. He wants to have a stronger base over there. That wouldn't be a bad strategy to take away the liberal vote, especially the youngsters that are probably willing or thinking of voting. Let's shift those guys to the left and get them to go to Quebec Solidaire. Reduce the, the Liberal vote as much as possible. Let them fight it. Let them fight it out between themselves with respect to who's the best second, uh, the best second place uh, option. I don't think Legault's strategy is bad. No. Um, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. The, the
1: the thing too is that you know the the other weakness that Lego is going to start exploiting or that I've seen him start to exploit is. With QS, they give very little detail about the types of projects that they want to go about if they, if they were to, you know, form government one day, which obviously they're not. But, you know, the creation of, of, of crown corporations for for rail right. and the nationalization of bus routes. At what cost? What would this cost? And they can't answer these very basic questions. Um, you know, what resources are, is it going to take? What bureaucracy? How many more bureaucrats are you going to have to hire to implement something of this nature? And again, this is where Legault is able to target them and say look at the left wing look at the crazy left look at this lack of organization lack of responsibility lack of fiscal prudence and i'm able to tackle in on their lack of approximations on their lack of planning and this is what uh he wants to discuss this is the conversation he wants to have yeah i'm glad is out of the picture because nobody's looking at her nobody's paying attention i want to focus and it's not even a the more that he talks about on glad the more that people aren't able to see A real difference between the two again they come from they both come from the the vestiges of of the uh well the beginning of the cac um it's it's not she's not a worthwhile opponent gnd is and and again people gnd is a little bit like trudeau whereas i'll give him some credit for this in terms of his um where people are, lo- where Quebecers are looking at him. Remember when we, we grew up with Justin Trudeau, right? People grew up with Justin Trudeau because of, you know, how, how, during his time with, with pierre Elliott uh, Trudeau, uh, his father, you know, during the the, the prime ministership, um, you know, the, the death of his father, we saw uh, the, the huge eulogy at, at the funeral. And and now, you know, becoming an MP, becoming uh leader of the Liberal Party, becoming uh, the prime minister, we're seeing the same thing with GND where, you know, as a student activist, Running for Quebec Dale, running for the leadership of Quebec Dale, running in the in the in the election and being that spoke, having that spokesperson role. I think that Quebecers are are feeling attached, and this what I what I worry about for Legault is that if he goes up too hard, people will say, "Hey, we don't like that you're going after our guy." We grew, up, especially young Quebecers, we grew up with him, we re, we respect yeah. him, we have we have that respect. So he has to balance himself out. Yes, attack on the policies, but don't attack on the basis of just attacking. I
0: I just think ideologically it's they're so far apart that whoever supports Legault could never support uh, Quebec Solidaire and and vice versa. Uh and you know I got to give it to Legault and this is where the experience kicks in because uh whereas Gabriela Dudibouque came out and said it's only a two-party race which is completely disrespectful to the other to the other parties and completely undemora- uh, undemocratic. Legault Took that and used it in another way he said yeah you know what i don't i don't disagree with him this is a choice between two ideologies the left and the right you know what i mean and he played it more in ideologies and that was a very smart move um, and again uh, I, I agree with you that he doesn't care about Anglats she's not making any steps forward she's not gaining any ground so it would be worthless for him to, to waste his time however notice how very little he's focusing on Eric Duhem because that guy he does not want to give attention to he does not want to because he's really uh, down his alley right he's, he's breathing down his throat and he's been uh, Legault has been spending a lot of time in the region of Quebec because that's pretty much where his seats are threatened uh, and keep in mind George that
1: that the only per the the the, the 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 conservatives are the only party that can take away seats from the CAC, yeah. And at this point, right now, from what we're seeing, the only real opposition to um QS seats, like in Sherbrooke, like in, in in Jean, uh, Jean Lesage, is um, is is the CAC, the only real so it really is even. On the macro level, during the debates, yes, the, the diametrical opposition is there. But even on the ground, we're sensing that where these races are going to be tight, it is QS, it is CAC. They do have a vested interest in terms of attacking each other because they could. They're they're the only ones that are in play for those seats in particular.
0: Let's move on to the other topic. Uh, something that's again stemmed from the debate on this whole exchange between Legault and Gabriel Nadeau on the taxes, and you have some really old style dirty election uh, campaigning tactics over here with uh, pamphlets that are being put on cars <laughs> i find it smart you want to tell people about it
1: yeah for sure so these are these are pamphlets that that were that were appearing on, on people's car they're they're latex orange so these big uh, pamphlets they almost look like Quebec out material because they're done in the same type of yeah. uh fonts that qs uses the same color scheme that they use so it look it looked interesting. So it's it's they're just the the CAC is distributing these leaflets that say the orange tax on there, and um, you know a, a lot of people have been seeing them on their windshield, and they're starting to say it says essentially that you know Quebec Solidaire plans uh, to to take even more money uh, from the wallet of of middle class people and. Um, you know, their QS is accused of wanting to 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 punish people who have worked hard their their entire life, put money aside, and will start increasing uh, the tax rate for Quebecers uh, earning more than I think ninety thousand dollars a year, give or take. Mm. Uh, so it's it's again this. Um, it, it, it some people are saying that this might not necessarily violate the Elections Act, but it might violate municipal regulations um, in in some cities. So. Municipal regulations sometimes say that you know you have to respect cleanliness, you have to respect, um, you know, that's part of good citizenship. So it's prohibited from putting placing any paper on a vehicle parked on public property except for a statement of offense. So if you have a parking ticket or if you do something wrong, Um, and and again, so my understanding that it's it is still allowable, but it really depends on on what municipalities say. The Harper government did a lot of the Harper campaign, rather did a lot of this in 2015. Where they would do these sort of smear campaigns and distributing leaflets. Where, I, again, I remember in the writing of Mount Royal, Anthony Howe's father versus Robert Lipman, you would have these very, uh, you know, scary, dark, black and white photos. Uh, with you know Anthony House's father next to somebody who's an accused anti-Semite, let's say who was affiliated with the with the 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 the, the Liberal Party of Canada. Uh, there was one of their candidates actually running in Saint Leonard, who had said some very very disturbing things against the Jewish community. Anthony House's father running in a heavily Jewish riding, they uh, threw him out.
0: That candidate, they threw him out,
1: out. but. The Conservatives use that to their advantage and obviously printed this leaflet and, and, and did the same thing. So we're seeing the fed, that type of American style uh, campaign taxes that we've seen used by the Harper campaigns previously, conservative campaigns previously now being used provincially here at home. Doesn't surprise me. There are a lot of former cons- uh, Quebecois uh, Conservatives who used to work in the Harper government now working for the CAC. So it does make sense. Um, but and I think that when you talk about uh, going after people's wallets, um, money in their wallets, and against the against the average Quebecer, you're you're going to make some gains uh, on that front, especially in these types of leaflets. So I think it. I think so. that The people that you know, going back to what you were saying before, the people that you know are already voting QS are going to hate this kind of stuff. Yeah. People that are voting CAC are going to say, Hey, you know what? I totally agree with it. It's it's a, it's open season, fair game. Let people campaign the way they want to campaign.
0: Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it sticks. Cause uh, in two thousand fifteen, it didn't really work for uh, for Stephen Harper and the Conservatives. So, uh, but depends it, on where. Yeah, it does depend where. But um, I don't know. I, I, I find it interesting because ideologically, it seems we're moving in Quebec towards really right wing and left wing. Uh, it seems like the middle is somewhat disappearing. With
1: it's not of- sexy. No one wants to be the middle. I mean, Nobody the, wants to the, be that the, centrist candidate.
0: The, the Liberal Party is just disappearing in thin air, and we're going we're gonna to yeah. talk about that a little bit later. So it, it, that's pretty much what we're at right now, right? Are you left-wing or right-wing? And that's it. Pick and choose. Um, let's move on over uh, to Eric Duhem, and then we're going to get back to the Liberal Party completely disappearing. Um, Eric Duhem made a stop during his campaign in a senior's residence. He didn't wear a mask. Suddenly it became a problem, uh, whereas the other leaders... Nobody really cares. The media doesn't doesn't report on on their uh, on their mask wearing policy. Uh, why do you think they're targeting this guy specifically?
1: Well, yeah, and I and I think this this was a story that came out from the Canadian press. It was republished in La Presse itself. It, it, it's it's a story that's really a non-story. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Um, Zouaïm, uh, you know, he he made an announcement uh, Sunday in a um, a residence for seniors, a private residence for seniors, where where neither he nor his candidates wore masks. This was two days after this monster rally at the Videotron Center. I, I think you know we're talking not just in the hundreds, maybe in oh, the thousands, it was close to of like people. two thousand
0: people. It was There's two thousand people. These are, yeah. these are
1: these are Pierre Polyev, uh contending yeah. rallies, right? This is yeah. this is big shit. So um again the la presse really put this into a big focus on you know lack of responsibility lack of prudence disrespect for seniors this was this was the the angle that that um, that Kretz was was really taking on this front here but let's be frank there in inside of uh, CHSLD's public residences yes there is a mandate required there in in senior uh, in in senior residences that are that are private or in quebec we call them rpa's uh th- there is no longer a mandate yeah. they, they, they 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 they're they they recommended to be worn by by candidates but there there's no um there's no obligation on this front here so i i think that it's it's really the media is going all out to go after zoe and i get it um he goes against Everything, every institution that the media sort of respects and every institution that m- most mainstream parties respect by and large. Uh, and, and again, I felt that this was unfair, um, albeit that I'm, I'm not a fan that he did it. I, I just think that it was a bit of a it was a pot shot that was taken a little bit too far against him and, and the conservatives. So again, I can, I, I just don't, I, I don't recognize that the, the owner of the residence, he said that he had, you know, not, he didn't ask anybody to wear the mask. Um, He said, you know, people from my senior citizens home, they go to the restaurants, they go everywhere there and they're, they're obliged to, are they obliged to put the, the mask on the restaurant? No. Um, So we follow the rules. We follow the law. We follow the mandates. There are no mandates in private seniors homes. Um, You know, pretty much everybody's vaccinated. I mean, all like. What are the rates now? It's like 80, 85 percent, 90 percent in terms of vaccination levels. So my point being is that this really shouldn't be uh, an issue at this point, uh, especially that everybody's vaxxed. Um, Why are why are we talking about masks at this point? You know, you know what I'm looking to to see?
0: Uh, I'm comparing this a lot to Donald Trump's campaign where the media was largely against him. We're trying to demonize him as well. I find a lot of similarities with that and the fact that it completely backfired uh and trump won completely uh uh, disproving all polls i'm curious to see what's going to happen over here because i find a lot of similarities all the media now is against duem because he came out against them uh and you know there's there's this battle between the traditional media and duem kind of like there is going to be i think with poiliev too at the federal so i'm curious how that's going to evolve as well but i feel like people have started having uh, the 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 the, um, the opposite reaction to what the media wants as a result so it'll be interesting for me to see the and again i'm going to say it again and we've said it many times i think the conservatives are underestimated i don't believe that they are only lined up for one seats or two like the
1: polls are suggesting we'll see it's going to it, george it's going to depend on their voter efficiency if their voter if their voter base is in in and around the quebec city region they may they may pick up a few maybe both Sud, maybe bosnia maybe, maybe chauveau more than that is a big stretch um they're inefficient in the rest of the province yes they're able to score a large uh percentage uh you know around 15 sometimes uh higher Sometimes lower, but uh, if that efficiency is not there in the regions they need them in, uh, that that's that's where that's where there's a it's too spread out. There's not an efficient vote take there. So
0: let's uh, let's go to the last little story. The yeah pop- Q. Oh, geez, man, it's just again we're in the third week now. Um, it just doesn't want to take off. That that rocket is just gasless. There's nothing there.
1: Failure <laughs> to launch. <laughs> Failure to launch, man. Like it's, uh, you know, she on lo- glad lost. Um, well, I mean, she's she's going after the DGQ right now, uh, the chief electoral officer of Quebec, for not having signed off uh, on her candidate. In Matan. apparently somebody didn't initialize a certain document uh, that should have been initialized correctly, and so disqualified. So, so for the first time in in recent history the Quebec Liberal Party went from their usual 125 candidates which is all the seats that you you can run in in Quebec obviously there's 125 seats in the legislature down to 124 then you have a candidate that withdraws at you know midnight minus 1 um in in uh, Malek Arab uh, he uh, you know, sent his notice into the DGQ. Said that I'm I'm going to be withdrawing my candidacy. I, I don't want to run with the party anymore. I said it was, for of course, personal reasons, family. It's always reasons, personal. Course, it's
0: know. been personal since the beginning, right? Always.
1: Yeah. It's personally against. I'm glad. That's why they just. <laughs> you know, it's uh, what a disaster. Um, you know, more errors in their liberal in the liberal financial framework. Uh, we we reported last week on uh, this uh, the, the, their, their, their costing for their platform having a, a 15 billion dollar error. Uh, again, they they overestimated 506 million in additional money that they would get in five years. Uh, the, the net cost of its commitment is not good. The party uh, you know, registered too high a sum. And so this results in in several areas, errors, errors in terms of costing. Uh, their 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 net cost. Um, so again, and this is a a few billion dollars that that you know they're off by in this in this fact. So they had to modify it again uh, uh, last Wednesday, uh, and this is after La Presse like revealed. This PO.
0: should not be happening in no. the middle of your freaking campaign. And,
1: and again, I remind you the key messaging that they used when late, the former finance minister Carlos Leitao, when he went out and tried to correct the record is, well, I don't have 30 some odd bureaucrats like I used to, to come and yeah. help me. Yeah, we're but neither, d- do, the other, we're neither two two dudes. do the other party. Neither of course, do the other parties. But we're two, we're two dudes stuck here in this room, trying to, trying to, to, to balance this out. And it's just not working. You know, I, I feel, <sighs> ba-
0: I feel bad because, and we were saying this before we started recording. I think Dominique Glad as a person is fantastic. She's brilliant. She's smart. She's young. She's energetic. uh, She looks good. She has everything that you would normally want in a party leader. The team behind her sucks. We're just going to say it plainly like that. I don't know if it's associated to her or if it's just bad timing that people have abandoned the liberal party and there hasn't been enough people there to support her. I don't know if it's a mix of both. In any case, it, it, it for me, it just tells a lot on her leadership. At the end of the day, it comes down to that. If you are incapable of rallying the right people around you to get you from point A to point B, it is on you. That's it, period. And and I feel bad for her because other than that, She's not bad. She's not bad. She's not like some dumb person that just happens to be there. She knows her stuff very well. She's intelligent. She has the experience. She's been in politics since 2014-ish, I think, whenever she came in, uh, 15. Um, It just... I don't know. I don't know. The party is just stuck right now and it, it, and it's horrible and it's embarrassing. They're going to lose votes all across the province. The party is going to end up with much less money. This is going to be just one giant snowball effect. Like you want to restructure, but you won't be able to because you don't have the resources and the funds for it. It's just a catastrophe, a catastrophe.
1: Yeah, and, and again, like, maybe we should just blame the labor shortage at this point. <laughs> if you thought the labor shortage was bad in the general economy, wait till you start uh, getting involved in political campaigns mm. and, and working in the National Assembly because the talent is not there, supposedly. And and now we're seeing, uh, you know, something that I really find, uh, the, this type of messaging coming off. She, she's saying, you know, watch me go. Regardez-moi, allez, lance la, lance la campagne. Yeah, but so win, win. We've no, been but, but, for, again, for three what, weeks. What, and then her team comes out and says, um, "You know that that watch me go, just watch me." Is is a is an it's a homage, it's a nod, a tip of the hat to Pierre Trudeau. Just watch me. Who are you? Who do you, you, you what campaign do you think you're running? Um, and and then they said, "Oh yes, it was like it, they, for clarification, it's what uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau said during the October crisis." Yeah, we, know, we know what it means. We know what it, it means. was you know. Remember when he enacted the War Measures Act? Uh, you know wants to allude what campaign wants to allude to this? Uh, Why would you mention this to any journalist? This is the dumbest thing
0: I I've know, ever man. seen. I it. I, I, I look there's someone with a big shovel throwing shit on the wall. Okay, let's see what sticks here. Let's go, guys. Let, just anything. Uh let's close this up. Uh tip of the hat, wag of the finger.
1: Tip of the hat to uh, Legault. I still think he is uh, the man in charge. I still think that he's now on track to win anywhere between ninety-five to hundred seats. Uh, he he's strong. He, he the guy's Teflon, and and I think that the more that we see, uh, you know the the this continued sort of sc- uh, scrap scrapping for for second place between the, op- the the for scrapping for opposition amongst the other parties. Uh, the the more that Legault seems like a steady hand and, and l'homme de la situation. And I, and I think that that will be the case. But I'll give a runner up to to, um, to Neto Net- Zubois because again, people know where he stands. Yeah. And, and again, I think that he will definitely uh, be a contender for um, forming official opposition. I think that the voter efficiency is there. And I think that the uh, Quebec Liberals are being uh, overestimated in many polls, I think they're being overestimated in many aggregates that show C counts. So um, I, I think things are really going bad for the PLQ. And, and in that right, uh, wag of the finger in respect to uh, glad because this is just, this is Chernobyl. This is this is Chernobyl style campaigning. Um, this is, uh, you know, just throw in the towel and call it quits. But of course you can't um, because you're running a national campaign and you you need for the legacy of the party and for your own self-respect, you, you gotta keep on going. I just don't know how anybody uh, I, I think a lot of people are asking questions right now in, in the PLQ about uh, how did we get here? Why didn't we prepare more? Why didn't we actually you know, maybe we we were prepared, We were overconfident. Uh, why did nobody stop us? Why did okay. nobody tell us to check ourselves? Or maybe they did. And maybe we just weren't listening. And I think, and I, I think, th- yeah,
0: I think there's a lot more people right now having the discussion about what the hell are we doing on on October 3rd? Who will be there? How efficient will we be? How prepared can we possibly get for the, for
1: what's to come? But even more so than that, George, uh, do we have a place in Quebec society? Does the Quebec Liberal Party have a, a raison d'être? Do mm. we have a reason to exist and to go forward? And I think the reason why that's so important is, first off, again, I think the 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 aspect of them falling for the first time in in Quebec history into uh, a position that wouldn't be government or uh, first official opposition uh, is damning. And I think that you're just not going to see a lot of people want to come back and be a part of this. If you see low volunteers, um, volunteer turnout, low voter turnout for the PLQ, can't get enough candidates uh, to make a full slate, uh, just general lack of enthusiasm and motivation. Why are we here? What are we doing here? And if that's how it is now, wait until after the defeat, after October 3rd, what's going to be left? The furniture. Well, the furniture will even be gone at this point. So it's it's bad. It's really bad.
0: We'll see what happens. There's still two what, a week and a half left. How long is there? Two weeks? Yeah,
1: we two. Almost, almost two weeks uh, coming in on, on October 3rd. Uh, you know, uh, advance polling going to be starting in and around the 25th, 26th. That's going to be important to watch there too. And of course, you can still go to your uh, chief electoral office of the DGQ in your riding to vote early vote often. Uh, Just don't vote twice. That's illegal and not (laughs) recommended by George or I.
0: All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to follow us on all social media platforms, audio platforms, YouTube, wherever you get your content. Uh, We appreciate it. Michael, thank you so much, man. See you guys
1: all on Thursday. And broadcasting live from Toronto on Thursday, too. That's the real deal right there. I love Toronto. uh, I do it so you don't have to. Take it easy, buddy. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye.